the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. In the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part five in our series entitled, What Were the Three Responses of Christ at the Cross? And how do these three responses relate to us in our world today? Well, people in this day and age respond to Christ the same way the two thieves on the cross did. And in the same way, our response to Christ will determine our eternal destiny, either to be with Christ or to be separated from Christ and condemned to an eternity in hell. So we want you to stay tuned as we launch into this series, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, challenging and uplifting uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and I know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. So we want to encourage you to get to a table with a pen and paper and take some good notes and be blessed. Uh, we have been talking about this series uh, for a little while now. There were three on the cross and three responses on the cross. And all of these three responses relate to us today on a tremendous level and even an eternal level. And Jesus on the cross sat right in the middle of these two sinners who needed to respond to him as Savior and who would needed to be saved from their sins. And both of these men on the cross faced death right in the face. Both of them faced death right in the face. But they not only faced death right in the face, but they faced Jesus right in the face. And uh, they had a decision to make, either accept eternal life or eternal condemnation, eternal hell. And in the face of these two men, there is a parallel to us today. Every day we are facing death in the face, and Jesus too. Because one day death will come knocking at your door, just like it did with these two thieves. And will you respond the right way like this other man on the cross did? He responded in the right way to Jesus Christ. He didn't want to leave this world and be separated from Jesus throughout eternity. And that should be your attitude, too. One day, you're going to have to leave this earth 
And it's been a close call for a lot of you, haven't it? You've gone through so many things, so many issues in life, accidents, uh, surgeries, and death was knocking on your door. But Jesus gave you grace. He gave you favor. And now the big question is, how are you going to respond to Jesus on this side of life before death comes knocking on your door? Uh, are you ready? Are you going to be ready? Because he said he'll come as a thief in the night. And in John 14, he said, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Now, if he goes away to prepare a place, you need to realize that he's coming back for prepared people. And it's high time, as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 13, it's high time to awake. The night is for spent, and the day is at home, at hand. You know, I literally uh, preached a sermon on this. It was one of my first sermons, and my mother told me, she said, do you not know that your grandfather, who was my father, preaching, preached on the same title? I was shocked and blessed to hear that, that my grandfather, who's gone on to be with the Lord, was a preacher. And he preached on the same title. What a blessing. Uh, now, as a means of review, there were three men on the cross, and their titles sound almost alike. But the content, the purpose, the meaning is different. The first man is the unregenerate, the unredeemed man. The second man is the regenerate man or the redeemed man. The third man on the cross is the God man, the redeemer who came to bring redemption and who brought redemption into this world. Amen to that. So tonight we will deal and start dealing with the third man on the cross who was the God man the Savior of the world, the Lord who died on the cross to save us from our sins, past, present, and future. This third man is none other than Jesus himself. This first thief on the cross directed his mockery and rejection at Jesus, but he did not reply and respond to the call of salvation on the cross for his sins. The other thief replied and responded to the call of salvation, and that was good news. And it's good news if you respond to the call of salvation today, because salvation is calling on you to respond. And uh, you can be saved no matter what you've done, no matter how ugly your sin has been. This is good news. You can be saved just like that thief on the cross, those thief on the cross. You can be saved. You say, well, I've been a thief. I've been a thief, and I'm in juvenile hall. I'm in jail. I'm in prison. Uh, I'm also a prisoner in my own mind. I'm a prisoner on the street. But God can answer all of your prayers if you reach out for salvation right now. Jesus, you know, what he does is that he 
refutes the arguments and turns aside the mockeries of certain people. Sometimes Jesus does not answer his enemies and those who do not want to change uh, in a single word. See, you know, I noticed that the thief on the cross that was mocking him and didn't have a heart after God, Jesus just stayed silent, just like he did many times with those hounds of hell, the religious leaders. He just stayed silent. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, don't cast your pearls amongst swine. And you got to learn that lesson, too. People that just don't want to change, I don't care if it's in your family, uh, in the community, neighbors, don't keep wasting your time uh, trying to change them. If they don't have a heart after God, just lift them up before God. Release them to God. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Because a lot of times we try to do the work of the Holy Spirit and we end up messing things up. See, Jesus does not answer this first man, but he answers the second thief uh, who wants to change. And Jesus even told the disciples, they said, Lord, some people will not listen. He said, that's the dirt off your feet as a testimony and move on. See, that's a hard thing for a lot of us to do, especially when it comes to close family members. And Jesus answers the second thief with a promise in Luke 23 and verse 43, Luke 23 and 43. And Jesus said unto him, truly, truly, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now listen, Jesus not only took our sins on his, on his body upon that cross, but he also bore our sins in his body. And that's a tremendous thing to know. The Bible teaches that he was made sin uh, for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Now, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 3, Romans 8 and verse 3, that God condemns sin in his flesh. Now, that's a tremendous statement. I want you to understand that. What does he mean by Romans 8 and verse 3, that God condemned sin in his flesh? Well, Romans 8 and 3 says, for what the law could not do in that in it was weak through the flesh. Notice the word flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He's really inside that word flesh. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Wow, that's tremendous. And a lot of us overlook those words, the flesh mentioning all those times. Now listen to this carefully. It was impossible for the law to judge sin in the flesh because all the sin that is committed by man is outside the body. You ever thought about that? outside the body. However, now God did what was impossible for the law. He condemned sin in Christ's flesh. Everyone who now wants to be saved from indwelling sin must take up his own cross daily and follow Christ. According to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, Hebrews 2, verse 14 through 18, Jesus destroyed sin in the body. That's tremendous. Very few of us know this stuff. Therefore, there is no condemnation for the judgment 
that takes place in the body over sin in our nature because, again, according to Hebrews 2 and verses 14 to 18, Jesus destroyed sin in the body. Jesus destroyed sin in our body. If he didn't do that, you would be uh, going right to hell, my friend. I would be going too. But Jesus also destroyed the power of sin in our body. Not only destroyed sin in our body, but the power of sin in our body, according to Galatians 5. If we walk in the Spirit, then we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a word again for flesh. When the battle starts to wage in our bodies, like what the Apostle Paul battled with in Romans 7, oh, he had a tremendous battle. Yeah, even though Christ has, you know, condemned it and destroyed it, the, the power still is there if we don't walk in the Spirit. We look to Romans 8 and find power in the Spirit and realize that we are not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. When we start to walk in the Spirit, all we need to preach on that more in our churches, because so many church folks are walking in the flesh. When we start to walk in the Spirit, we start to have not only conquering power, but more than conquering power. Now, let me close by saying this. We're going to have a closing prayer of confession and repentance, and I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord, I confess my sins of the flesh. And Lord, I repent of my sins in the flesh. Give me power by walking in the Spirit. Give me power by being obedient to what you say in your word. And not only give me conquering power, but more than conquering power in the Father's name through Christ, we ask these things. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and once again, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. It is a prayer-driven ministry, and we just can't thank you enough. We know that the prayers have been keeping us going these many, many years and also, we want to thank those of you who have generously uh, contributed to this ministry financially. It is a listener-supported ministry, and without your support, there's no way we could be on the air as long as we've been on the air. And it's just really, really a blessing. And we thank you so much for your prayers, and we thank you so much for your financial giving. Now, right now, we are in a, kind of a crisis mode. We want to let you know that we, we need to retire a debt of $725, and we need your help to do that. And we also need to let you know that, you know, we're going to be out of the studio for the next two weeks, so we won't have a live program. 
And so we don't want to come back in two weeks to discover that all giving has stopped and that the, the bills are keep rolling in. It costs us $400 uh, dollars a, a, a week to, to run this program. And so we uh, want to make sure that we can manage all of this debt. We can't do it without your help. It's just a critical time. Um, you know, we don't want you to tune in on a Sunday night in the near future and look for the program and it's no longer on the air because we couldn't, couldn't pay the bill. So it's, it's that, that important. It's that critical. We need your prayers and we need your financial support. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, the first one is to address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. And it's that simple. It'll be a blessing for time and eternity. And we know many of you have been long, long time listeners. And many of you have never given to the ministry. And now it's time that, you know, uh, to step up and hit a home run for contending for the faith. And, you know, don't think that, oh, gee, I don't have enough to only have a little bit. You know, every little bit helps. Sometimes we get um, a gift of $20. Sometimes we get a gift of $5. You know, as God blesses you, and he'll take it and multiply it. So, you know, don't feel like there's any gift that's too small or, or unimportant. Because we know in God's hands, he can definitely stretch a little bit and make it a Make it go a long, long way. So we encourage you to continue to pray <clears throat> and continue to be a blessing and, and, and give to contending for the faith. Now, next Saturday, uh, well, actually, next weekend, Dr. Buckner is going to be speaking at the Refuge Church. It's located at 1187 Meadow Lane, and it's in Concord, California. The zip code is 92520. That's the Refuge Church, 1187 Meadow Lane in Concord, California, 92520. Now, he's going to be speaking Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Friday, September 24th, he'll be speaking from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And he will be addressing the topic of the biblical proposition of the Trinity. Then on September, Saturday, September 25th, he'll be speaking from 10 o'clock a.m. to 12 noon on the five essentials, five essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And then Sunday morning on the 26th, he'll be preaching at the 10 o'clock service. So if you're in the Concord area or in the Bay Area General, uh, we want to encourage you. You've got three opportunities to take advantage of some wonderful teaching, come out and fellowship and be a part of what's, what God is doing at the Refuge Church. Now, for more information, you can call area code 415-721-1778. For more information, again, call 415-721-1778. 
All right, Dr. Buckner, you have anything you want to add to that? Yes, Gary, I just want to say that, uh, again, we want to thank everybody for their faithfulness, for those who have been faithfully giving. We appreciate you. And uh, even those who haven't given for a little while, we still want to thank you uh, for uh, your giving. And as Brother Gary said, uh, this is a tremendous program, and we don't like to spend a lot of time talking about this unless it's uh, uh, important for us to do. Uh, we would rather spend most of our time just teaching, but we want to encourage people, especially since we're going to be out of the studio uh, for a couple of weeks. So uh, we just uh, trust that God will touch some people tonight, uh, step out on faith, and just say, here's a debt. And what we're going to do is step out on faith right tonight and act on this now, especially when you've been blessed. Uh, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And, uh, you know, this is your ministry as well, not only ours, but your ministry. And we also just want to encourage people uh, to uh, come out uh, for the lectures. Uh, the pastor of the church there, Pastor Stephen, he was uh, a student in my class at the seminary on basic evangelism. And he was so touched by me teaching that he asked me to come and do three, uh, two-day seminar and then preach that Sunday as well. So we want to encourage you to come out and so I can meet you for the first time. All right, Brother Gary, let's get to uh, our uh, callers. Okay, well, we're going to go to uh, Rick on line one. Hello, Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? You know what we're trying to Got a very interesting question. Okay, what's on your heart? Well, we see what's going on in our churches today. There are many uh, people coming out of their churches fearing that they're losing their salvation. And it's even being taught by pastors in, other, in certain churches. Well, what scriptures, especially in the uh, Gospel of John and in the uh, Epistles of John, help us find assurance in our salvation? Well, that's a very good question, Brother Rick, and... Thank you so much for that question, as, as well as always, you bring some good questions. Uh, there, there are battles out there and, and differences uh, regarding salvation. Some believe that uh, you can be saved eternally and never lose your salvation. Others believe that you uh, can lose your salvation. And then uh, there are uh, others who have different views than, than those. Now, uh, I believe what the Bible teaches regarding this subject matter, and I don't believe that uh, you can lose something that is eternal, um, because if you can, then it's not eternal from the get-go. And I want to I want to emphasize that important point that. Uh, John 3 and 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So when he says, not perish, why uh, aren't you going to perish? Because he's given you eternal life. Now, uh, there are, there's only one issue to that, and that is someone who... Uh, pretends or says that they are a Christian, and then they're living in sin and practicing sin habitually, this doesn't apply to them. Because 
In 1 John 3 and 9, it says, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Uh, that's not the best translation. In the Greek is, he that uh, is born of God does not practice sin habitually as a means of practice. So uh, a person who has the seed of God in them, they've been born again, they will repent of sin, they will look at it as an ugly thing in, in their lives, and they'll make a change. They'll repent and have a change of heart, change of mind, and change of thought as well. Now, so John, uh, in the Gospel of John, throughout the Gospel of John, is constantly telling us uh, about the word eternal. That's one of his themes, is eternal life. And uh, that's something that when a true believer has that, there's nothing, there's no way you can lose it. Matter of fact, uh, Jesus said in John 10, my sheep that hear my voice, uh, they follow me and, and, and no one can pluck them out of my hands because I give them eternal life and no one can pluck them out of my hand. There's the word eternal life again. And then John 6 and 37, all that the father giveth to me, Jesus said, shall come to me and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Now, let me say this in, in conclusion on this, that John not only talks about eternal life uh, in the Johannian gospel, the gospel of John, but uh, he also uh, lets us know, let me say one more thing in the gospel of John, and I'll move on to first uh, John and second, third. So, we have in John 5 and 24, it's Jesus said, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. There's the word eternal life, everlasting life, and will not come into condemnation, but pass from death to life. Now, saying this in conclusion, that there are only three short epistles and uh, of John, and in his epistles, there are some key words that stands out, and I would encourage everyone to make a note of this. Um, what stands out is, uh, I would say, probably about three or four key words and key things he says. So the first thing is that he's constantly saying in first, second, third John is that believe in Christ. And that, I mean, when you believe in Christ and not a counterfeit Christ, that's the thing that gives you eternal life. And then the second thing that, that John and his epistle emphasize is the commandments, one that is keeping his commandments as an obedient servant. That's another thing, because when you're really um, walking in eternal life, you're going to be obedient to that. And thirdly, John, in his epistles, he talks about the Holy Spirit over and over. Uh, the indwelling is a word that he uses over and over, and the abiding. So really make a note of that. When you read First, Second, and Third John, you're going to find those words over and over and over again. Indwelling of the Holy Spirit, abiding in the Spirit, and a true believer will manifest that in their life in the Holy Spirit. And fourthly and lastly, um, the sign of a real true believer uh, is one who, uh, in 1 John 3 and 14, 
uh, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. There's a word abideth. So uh, the point is that all of these four points is really critical to understand the manifestations of a true believer that has eternal life. So hopefully, Rick, that has given some insight more to your question, um, and hopefully that's uh, helped you. And it helps us become very good friends, especially to myself and others. Amen, amen. And do you have any prayer requests uh, before we let you go? Any specific? Keep praying praying on my family's salvation. Okay, your family's salvation. All right, let's have Brother Gary to do that. And have All right. Be together. Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. And we pray that you continue to be with him, strengthen him, and encourage him. And also we pray for his family's salvation. He's been praying for his mom and his brothers and his family, Lord God. And we know that you hear and answer, and answer prayer. And you're long, long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come into repentance. And so, Lord... We just pray that your your favor to rest mightily upon Brother Rick and that, Lord God, you would have mercy upon his family. You also lift up our friend Alfred and his mother and her friend who are we're praying for their traveling grace as they are traveling tonight, Lord God, that you would keep them and protect them. And so we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick, and thank you for the good question. Uh, Brother Gary, do we go to a commercial break? Yeah, we need to go. All right. So uh, I see uh, the music is playing in the background. It is time for us to take that break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith and all of you who have been uh, faithful and giving to this ministry over the many, many years that we've been on the air. As we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, right now we have a debt of $725. We want to retire that debt. We need your help, uh, particularly since we're going to be out of the studio for the next two weeks. So we won't be uh, live. We will be playing the best of contending for the faith, but we don't want to come back in two weeks and discover that no giving has occurred. And we really need your help to uh, tackle this debt. We don't want you to tune in on a Saturday night and discover that uh, we have tuned out permanently. So it's really important right now that if you've never given, now's a good time to start giving and to continue to pray for our ministry. There's two ways that you can give. One, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. <clears throat> That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing 
for time and eternity. So it's really critical right now. Please step up to the plate and hit a home run for contending for the faith so that we can get uh, out of the red and into the black. Also, I want to remind you again, Dr. Buckner will be speaking at Refuge Church next weekend. It's located at 1187 Meadow Lane in Concord, California, 92520. That's Refuge Church, 1187 Meadow Lane, Concord, California. He'll be speaking uh, Friday, September 24th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on the biblical proposition of the Trinity. He'll be speaking the next day, Saturday, the 25th, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon on the five essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And then finally, Sunday, the 26th, he'll be preaching the 10 o'clock service. So we want to encourage you to come out, get a chance to uh, fellowship with Dr. Buckner and uh, have a wonderful time in the Lord. If you need more information, you can give him a call at area code 415 721-1778. Again, that number is 415-721-1778. All right, Dr. Buckner, do you have any more to add to that? Uh, No, I think you're not the home run with that. Uh, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's get to our callers. Jermaine's been patiently waiting. How are you doing, Jermaine? Oh, I'm doing fine. It's uh, good, good to be back. All right, it's good to hear hear your voice. Uh, we've been missing your calls, and we appreciate your, your calling. How all you've been doing in the family? Oh, we're good. We're uh, considering a new out of state, so please keep us in prayer there. Uh, yeah, overall, we're we're doing well. Very good. That is that is good. To, good to hear. Good to hear. And uh, what's on your heart? What's on your heart to, tonight? Well, um, concerning prayer, um, uh, you know, I had a uh, sworn in an acquaintance prayer for a husband. It's always disturbed by when people pray. I keep hearing some of the more word of faith type prayer requests, and they're openly declaring somebody healed or declaring, you know, claiming their victory. And then uh, saying they believe God's giving them signs that it's going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, then it, it just kind of, you know, is a bad taste in people's mouth. And for me, I always know God is sovereign. But apparently a lot of people don't realize that when they're making a prayer request, it's a request. And I'm not trying to be hard on folks. It just seems like some people actually don't know how to pray. I was wondering if you can give a proper biblical reference for exactly how we should be praying. Well, that's a very good question, and thank you so much for that uh, that uh, question. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, wrong prayers out there that's being uh, put out there, and especially when you uh, come under the umbrella of word faith teachers, and then name it and claim it prayers, and you know, whatever you name and claim, uh, it will come to you And one of the things that uh, they disregard uh, as a key component to prayer is the will of God. Word faith teachers cannot stand the will of God. They they obliterate it in their prayers. And yet the early church uh, and John and his writings 
and uh, Matthew and all of the apostles and stuff. That was a key component in every prayer. And matter of fact, this is one of the most favorite ones uh, that I love uh, from uh, John. It's in 1 John 5 and 14. And this is the confidence, that's interesting word, confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Uh, so uh, when you mention the word, when a person mentions the word will with word faith teachers, and a lot of people that are not even word faith teachers, they seem to fall apart because when you when you put the will there, and living according to his will, uh, and his does his will establish his ways, that's another W, and it establish his works. And so the way prayers, the proper way of answer having prayers uh met and answered is including the will of God in everything we do. That's why uh, I mean when people generally say what's the proper way to pray pray. I always take them and encourage them to go to Matthew chapter 6 with the disciples' prayer because the Lord's prayer is in John 17 and the disciples' prayer is in Matthew 6 and when he talks about our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So you see Jesus is mentioning the word will there and even in the Garden of Gethsemane, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so part of the, uh, a great part of prayer should always be uh, under the umbrella of uh, petition and request and, and, and intercession. All of those are very important. And what we do uh, is from Philippians chapter 4, make our requests known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So we we come before God according to his will, seeking petition uh, in everything we do. And then we lock into the disciples prayer with each point. So I think that if you pray the disciples prayer, because in that, you have everything that you need. And matter of fact, it was the critical question that the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? How should we pray? And then Jesus broke it down by doing that. So when you break down each point in the disciples' prayer, those, each point with a petition will meet all of your needs in everything that you stand in need of. Now, one more point I want to mention uh, here, a uh, couple more points, is that so when we pray, it, some people say, well, I, I didn't know that, but Jesus earlier in the ministry before the Holy Spirit came was telling people to pray in his name. And later on, he started encouraging the people to pray through the Father. That's why it says, when they said, asked him how to pray, he says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So, Jesus, now that we have the Holy Spirit, you start off with going, making your petitions to the Father now, because they had Jesus, and they, before he had left and went up to heaven, 
and they were praying in his name. Now we go in the name of the Father. I know that's a shock to a lot of people who've been conditioned in Jesus' name, but you can still insert it, but the proper way Jesus brought it out was uh, address the Father and go before the Father because it's just like in everything in life, you know, you go to Daddy, go to Daddy. That's why he called him Abba Father. <laughs> you know, you go to Abba Father, and you make your request and all that. So of course, you can add always, you know, part of the disciples' prayer is, you know, you're being thankful, resisting temptation, and, uh, you know, thanksgiving. And, you know, part of the prayer should be covering the, is the issues of spiritual warfare, uh, asking God's will to meet your needs, forgiveness. Remember in the disciples' prayer, it's forgiveness. And then you pray for a strength through the word, memorization through the word. And all of those things are very important that we do. Uh, so uh, I just wanted to kind of bring that out uh, because that's very important in, in our prayer life. So hopefully uh, those things I've said is uh, helpful to you. And uh, I'm sure that you'll be able to utilize it because you cannot improve on Jesus. And I'm just giving you what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, you know, you do this and follow that and uh, insert the will of God, 1 John 5, 14, and be locked into his will. We should be in alignment to his will and his will in alignment to us. And when we are right with that first W, then the other W's will fall into place, which is his ways, his will, and the works. So hopefully that helps out. Mm -hmm. Dr. Buckner, I, let me add just one more thing. Uh, we don't want to forget that the, one of the most important reasons why we pray is because we want to be in relationship with God. You know, it's, it's not always about, of course, we have our petitions and our requests and all of that stuff, but the reality is we need to be in relationship. We want intimacy with God. We want to experience God. God has called us friends, right? And so, you know, that's, that's that, that intimacy that we're, we can call him Abba, Father, Daddy. That's a special relationship. And so we want to uh, cultivate that relationship with the Father. Uh, it's so important because in that relationship where you will find peace, you will find your joy, you will find wisdom, you will find strength, you will find protection, all of those things. And as you spend more time with God, the more you will reflect his image. You know, Moses was on the mountain with God 40 days and 40 nights. Guess what? He came back different. The Shekinah was all over him. The glory of God shone in his face. And I believe when we more time we spend with God, the more people see God in us and it's reflected in our lives. So it's a really important point that we just don't, you know, of course, God wants us to, to, to level our petitions and pray for other people and all that stuff. It's a wonderful thing. But at the same time, we don't want to just, uh, we don't want to neglect the, the fact the biggest why of, of what we're, why we pray is because we want to be in fellowship with, with our Heavenly Father. Amen. And, and, and yes, in fellowship uh, with our Heavenly Father and in fellowship with each other. Mm -hmm. because, uh, I ask people oftentimes, why do they go to church? And they will say to have a relationship with God. 
But no, you you go to church to do a combination of both. You want to have that intimacy and fellowship with God. That's why you go under the umbrella of Father. But you also want to have that intimacy and relationship with others too in the body of Christ. But Jermaine, hopefully this helps helps out. And thank you for adding that, Brother Gary. Uh, hopefully that's giving you some additional insight to your question. Yeah, it, uh, and I appreciate you, fellas. Also, I always pray for that Jesus will, according to uh, God's will. But uh, yeah, a lot of people don't seem to understand that. But thank you, I appreciate you guys. You got it, my brother. God bless you. And uh, brother Gary, we can probably get the squeeze in here, uh, brother, brother CC. Yep, CC, are you there? Yeah. How you doing? Um, I'm hanging there. How you guys doing? We are truly blessed, truly blessed. And uh, let's get to your question so we can have time to do justification to it. Oh, uh, yeah. I want, to, I want to ask you, um, could you define um, the term Orthodox Christianity? Because I, I hear it thrown out there so many times, but can you give a good breakdown of it? Uh, yes. I, I, and I think, too, we're having some technical problems a little bit. That everything is kind of dragging a little slower. But uh, hopefully we can that. that. That's a very good question. Um, but let me say this, that uh, just kind of adds a little meat to your question. Uh, the difference between Orthodox Christianity and Protestant Christianity is that they follow different divine inspirations. Uh, the Orthodox, they follow the Holy Spirit, uh, the holy inspiration of church along with the Bible, whereas the Protestants follow, uh, pretty much emphasize the Bible more so than anything else. Now, um, the word Orthodox, you know what the word Orthodox means? No, no. Okay, so let me, let me kind of break that down to you. The word orthodox is a combination of two words. Ortho, O-R-T-H-O. Make a note of that. Ortho, O-R-T-H-O, means right, correct, or true. Doxy, D-O-X-A, stands for, relates to glorification. So example of Orthodox churches um, would be when people go under the umbrella of Orthodox churches, you're talking about Eastern Orthodox Church and the Greek Orthodox Church, and the Orthodox Church are attracted by churches uh, with mystical visions of God, the kingdom, that sort of thing. We'd like to hear the music, but hopefully that's given us some insight uh, to your question especially breaking down ortho and doxy. God bless you. Thank you for your time. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you 
to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.